Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, it is an incredibly special show for me. I am actually putting together my comedy routine back by popular demand. Just hosted a comedy show this past weekend to celebrate the 100th episode. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. A lot of people wanted to be there who weren't in attendance, and a lot of people want to hear all about my comedy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the comedy show from Triple F Podcast, Mr. J.P. Lamp. Ladies and gentlemen, for the thousands in attendance here at ringside and the millions watching around the world on television this is the moment we've all been waiting for let's get ready to rumble Starting at left bench from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 6'5", uh, second year man, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. J.P. Lamb. What a phenomenal entrance that one was. You would not believe it. I wish my mother-in-law was here for that one. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for everyone for coming out tonight. This is absolutely incredible. I know a lot of you are fans of me already. Some of you are future fans, and some of you are just here for the free alcohol. <laughs> so drink up, drink up, have a good time. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to give a quick rundown and thank everyone for supporting my podcast, Triple F Podcast, fashion, fitness, and of course food. I guess we can start from the beginning and how I got into podcasting. Then we'll get into how I got into stand-up and we'll have a little bit of fun along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Back when I was in school, I decided to take the hard route. I went to the Harvard of Midwest, UW-Madison. <laughs> <laughs> actually went to school for business, got my PHR degree, but uh, actually my major was Agricultural Business Management. Now I know you're wondering what that means. That means I spent a lot of time dealing with the cows and chickens and pigs and hogs. Man, was that fun. <laughs> Turns out when I was feeding the chickens early one morning before class, 
I noticed this one rooster that was kind of an odd duck, if you will, always chasing around these other roosters instead of chasing the hens. Instead of like cocking the hen house, he was chasing off all the other roosters. He'd be strutting around, flicking his little rooster tail everywhere. It's weird, every morning when the sun came up, instead of cock a doodle doo, he would say, any cock will do. <laughs> After graduating, I ended up uh, working through a couple of career changes with uh, recruiting, ended up becoming the VP of a digital agency, creating websites and apps. While I was on vacation, my boss was nice enough to actually move the company to Portland, Oregon. You're probably wondering, how does that all come about? Well, check my email while I was on the golf course. He said he was going to hire his girlfriend. I said, that sounds great. Do you want me to send her some paperwork? Because uh, I was kind of the head of HR at the time, assuming that, you know, avoid the squid pro quo kind of thing. And he goes, oh, yeah, but it's, it's fine. We're both together here in Portland. And also, I should let you know, we're not coming back. <laughs> so anyways, after about... Four or five months of us working together, uh, him 100% remotely, closed up the company, and I met these guys here in Chicago who wanted to quote-unquote build the next Facebook. So they hired me to run their company. I ended up hiring 10 developers to work for me, uh, both in Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, and South Carolina. I actually was living in Milwaukee at the time. Then I was talking to them kind of throughout the process. I was working for about three or four months, ended up moving down to Chicago. Uh, unfortunately, when uh, you only have $100,000 to throw around at the quote-unquote next Facebook, turns out things don't go too well. <laughs> <laughs> so we closed up the company and I took some time off. I realized in my time off, I needed to do something productive, which allowed me to put on my resume that also kind of showed I was doing something besides looking for jobs. So I decided to reach out to my career mentor and kind of was asking for her for some help. She's a family friend, quite a bit older, uh, actually in her 60s. And we were sitting down and uh, she looks at me and goes, all right, um, all right, champ, walk me through kind of your thought process here. You're in a new city, uh, what are you, you going to do for work? And then goes and like pushes her, her glasses up like uh, up to her face, real nice and tight there. I'm like, I'm just, I don't know, that's kind of why I'm meeting with you. I really liked you know, recruiting. I also like this project management stuff. I love running the tech company, but, you know, I, I got bills to pay and rent to pay. You know, things all matter up. She goes, well, tell me about this. Let's kind of figure out what kind of job makes the most sense for you. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, she's like, what was like kind of the favorite parts of your jobs, ones you've had in your career so far? I looked at her, smirked a little bit. I'm like, the long lunch breaks and leave you at the end of the day. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's fantastic there, champ. Um, uh, I, th I thought you were kind of one of those like those hard worker guys that like to kind of like put in the extra hours. I'm like, that actually reminds me. I remember um, one Friday late afternoon, my boss said, hey, JP, I'm going to need you to come into the office this weekend. You can make it work. And I, I looked at him. I said, you know, I really enjoy my weekends, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. But given that, um, kind of the, uh, the commute here in Milwaukee is kind of difficult with, like, the traffic and stuff, I might be, uh, might be a little late. Oh, okay, like uh, we're hoping to have you in around nine or ten. What time do you think you're coming in? I'm like, 
I'm thinking maybe like Monday. <laughs> so after having this great conversation, I decided that the best thing to do is put together something that shows passion, drive, and effort. So I started the Triple F podcast. Actually reached out to a friend of mine to actually take over his podcast real quick. But uh, he actually wasn't interested in letting me kind of pick up where he left off. So I started doing all this research. I started researching what goes in the podcast, seeing the costs associated with, the time and the effort put into it, etc. And then I kind of had out my list of different people I wanted to interview kind of in the business realm. I figured after about 10 or 20 episodes, it might get pretty boring asking the same questions over and over again. So I decided to look at the kind of the topics and the industries people worked in and things fell into fashion, fitness, and food. So did eight episodes pre-recorded before I launched anything live. So I had things kind of rolling right off the bat and it was just been downhill or uphill over one thing about it ever since. <laughs> So I'm wondering, how did I get into stand-up comedy? When we went to Chicago, was kind of working hard and on my podcast, also trying to network, meet people every night, going to network events, all the tech scene here, uh, just, just getting out, going about. A friend of mine introduces me to an app called Circus, S-U-R-K-U-S. Long story short on this app is they pay you to show up places and be there for a certain amount of time. Uh, if you're a girl, they'll pay you $100 to show up to Paris nightclub and hang out there in the VIP section. If you're a guy, $10 to show up at like some comedy show or just some bar to like put butts in seats because it just opened. So I'm at my, uh, my third or fourth circus event and it happens to be at Drop Lounge for a comedy show. So I show up and everyone in the circus group is kind of all sitting in the same area like, hey, you guys can have like this area like over here. So we kind of know that everyone there is with our group, right? I'm sitting there talking to a few people and out of the corner of my eye, I spot, you know, the queen of all hotties. <laughs> and I, this guy I'm talking to, I'm like, hey bro, I kind of want to go talk to her. She's like exactly my type, pulse and everything. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, oh man, you were chicken out. Like, what are you gonna say to her? I'm like, dude, just, just chill, bro. Back in college, they used to call me Slick Rick. I got this. So, here's what I do I walk over to the host of the evening. I'm going to tell him some joke, whatever, walk away, then walk up to her group and say, hey guys, I'm gonna be in the show. That's kind of my in conversation. She'll be impressed and want my number, usual. Of course, that's also all gonna play out. So then I walk up to the host of the evening and said, hey, if you guys need someone else on the list, just let me know. Totally bluffing because I assume it's a comedy show, right? Turns out it's open mic night. And the guy goes to me, uh, you're number 17 on the list. I'm like, uh-oh, whoopsie-daisy here. So I'm actually sitting there and just, just freaking out like nobody's business. I'm like, oh my God, like... What, what's gonna happen? You're like, I didn't like tell anyone else. I didn't like go talk to this girl yet. I was so nervous. We went back to the group. We actually get moved. And then uh, my friend Henna, who's probably listening to part of my show, that's where I met her. And then Alan, I met her that night. A couple other great people. And we're sitting there talking, just chatting, enjoying the comedy, doing 
the stand-up, uh, you know, kind of secretly judging them. Oh, it's like, this guy sucks. Like, no big deal. I'm like, don't say that. Uh, that's really rude. Like, oh, no, that's okay, man. Then, like, and uh, next on stage, we have uh, J.P. Lamp. Come on down. <laughs> Everyone starts clapping. I'm like, yep, here, here's my shot. <laughs> so I get up there, and I have no clue what's going on. Just kind of say how I uh, pull the Chris Farley. I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here from Tommy Boy. <laughs> Everyone loves it. So I just kind of go into kind of my scenario. Like I said, I'm new in Chicago, and then kind of get into the dating scene. Been using uh, Tinder, all these dating apps, whatever. Blah, 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 87 first dates in the first couple months, yeah, you know, whatever. All, all fun and games. People love it. You know, like okay, I say, I'm a crowd pleaser. So, to launch my, you know, stand-up comedy uh, career, if you will, I decided to go to an open mic night on purpose at Four Star Lounge. Happenstance, I actually met Mark and Faraz, uh, the, the managers and owner of Four Star Lounge, at a circus event. I asked them to do my podcast. Mark is actually episode four of my podcast. And they're doing open mic, so I stopped in and had, had a good time. Came in kind of all, all dressed up. Um, you know, came straight from work, so I had slacks, button-up shirt. Uh, got a glass of wine and was enjoying myself. Uh, talked to the host, because I, you know, Mark informed it was my first time. Go up there, and bam, just whew, No one laughed once. Hard to get anyone to laugh. That's all comedians. So, you know, not the end of the world. Not the first time I've been embarrassed in front of large people people I'll never see again, but it is what it is. So then the night comes, and, you know, the host just feels so bad for me that he actually brings me up as the quote-unquote headliner. So I go up a second time, and bomb again. You would think I would never want to come back to stand-up comedy ever again. That is wrong. I actually convinced Faraz and Mark, the owners and manager of Forster Lounge, to let me have quite a few stand-up parties at their event space, at the Forster Lounge. It was fantastic. Was there for my birthday for a couple times? Was there for just kind of a couple random parties, doing stand-up? Just amazing. I go up there, tell jokes, and people have to listen to me. I can't lose. Now, I know a lot of you are really enjoying kind of my comedy, and some of you have laughed at like one or two of my jokes so far. Some people have actually told me, hey, don't quit your day job, man. Pursue comedy or I'll be a podcast host. Well, joke's on them. When I started both my comedy career and my podcasting, I didn't have a day job. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> Let's circle back on this into the podcasting and why the triple F. Why the fashion, fitness, and of course food. Well, pretty simple. Going on all these Tinder dates. Might as well explore some fun restaurants. Gonna eat your heart out. Gotta work out. Gotta gotta keep the body in tip-top shape. If you're gonna go on all these dates and you're working out, might as well spend the money on some awesome fashion. All three of them go together. Fashion, fitness, or food. You got it. Mix them all together. Mix and match. Whatever you want. Just sign yourself up. So I'll walk you through kind of my process of how I've had a fun time with the Triple F podcast. First episode with Pania Lee. She's just like a fitness, you know, kind of sewer, if you will. Loves working out. Non-native English speaker, no big deal. Sitting there talking to her on the episode. 
in my little office space in my room and I make a joke with her like she's talking about working out twice a day, things are going well. I'm like, you know, that's really interesting. I actually changed my bathroom's name from John to Jim so I can tell everyone I went to the gym first thing every morning. <laughs> She didn't get it, so I like mute the microphone and like cried myself for a couple of seconds and she just keeps talking, doesn't get the joke. I can't even like live up to my own like first joke, my first podcast. Yeah, and you just think like, you know, podcasting's easy, everything's gonna go correctly, no big deal, right? Well, that's not that's not true at all. I actually recorded an entire podcast episode uh, when I was messing around with the controls on my like recording software where it only recorded what my guest said and not what I said. So I actually had to go back and double check over what was actually said on my podcast and guess what he said. But I've also had some pretty uh, successful situations with the podcasting. Uh, I had a chance to meet John Mannion, actually. He is a restauranteur here in Chicago. Absolutely incredible guy. He runs El Che Bar and a couple other places here in town. And so when I actually went in an interview with him, it was in the middle of the day. I met him at Koshmol 666. Uh, went in the middle of the day, so of course he's a busy guy running his restaurants. We're interviewing. And uh, he actually used to work in Milwaukee where I lived for like quite a few years of my life. He's telling me the story on the podcast. We're talking. He's like, yeah, like after close... Uh, all the restaurant staff when he was a lot younger, like maybe 20 years old or so, we go next door for a beer and a shot. And I'm like, I just don't understand what's going on. And so I, I show up and we walk into Arts Performing Center. And I'm thinking, why are we going to this like, this like art place, like this dancing, whatever. Then we sit down, order our beer and shot, and I knew what kind of place it was. It's not the Performing Arts Center, which is famous for all, like, Hamilton, etc. coming. It's Arts Performing Center, the strip club. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all fun times, then, you know? I mean, actually, uh, so for our 100-episode party, we had our, our, our happy hour at uh, Kubo for people to attend who couldn't attend our show tonight. And so uh, when I interviewed Kubo, I was, uh, we're the owners there, and I was interviewing them in the middle of the day, right? It's on the lunch hour, the owner. Daughter was sitting there, uh, kind of a little overdressed for doing the uh, accounting work at a, a restaurant during the day, but uh, she definitely caught my eye. And uh, mom is a restaurant owner, so she you know, definitely has some good genes in, uh, in a gene pool for sure. So like ambitious, hardworking, the usual. Really great qualities. But I'm always a jokester. Always a jokester. During the interview, the owner, he was talking about like her daughter's like boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, I don't need to listen to this kind of stuff. So after the interview, we decided to have lunch together. The owner, nice enough to offer me a beer. Mistake number one on his part. <laughs> so after about two sips of the beer, I say, so I say to the owner, you know, just, just small talk, right? I was like, so uh, what's up with um, your, your daughter's boyfriend? Is, is that for real or what's going on with that? She goes, hey, hey Erica, come, come on over here. Come on over here. And she's like, what? Like, JP wants to know if your boyfriend's for real or not. I'm like, Ugh. 
I'm a word. <laughs> and so she comes over, I'm like, I gotta think fast, I gotta think fast. I'm like, so Erica, um, what's up with this uh, boyfriend of yours? I mean, why don't you just ditch that loser go-kart boyfriend of yours and step up to the stretch limo over here and let me take you on a date? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty epic. She never talked to me ever again. <laughs> It's all fun and games, right? So, you know, I realized with the podcast that if you're going to have a podcast on food and you're going to explain, explore all these fun new restaurants in Chicago, Milwaukee, wherever, might as well bring dates on them. So I'm pretty good at bringing dates to all these restaurants, uh, which is fun for them. You get explore a new restaurant, we have fun, we talk about it, I meet the owners, it's a good time. But before I got into kind of my podcast, I would always take uh, people on dates to the same place. It was like uh, one of those places where, um, you know, um, like make the food in front of you, you know? Yeah, Subway. <laughs> Turns out that joke got a little old with a few of my dates, so they're like, Oh my god, you're gonna take me somewhere on you? I'll die to take me somewhere for your first date. And I'm like, Baby, I got the hookups. You just need to take a chill pill and ride in the backseat. I got this. You know what? Because you're not from America, which is like a lot of my women, because I am kind of like James Bond, international lover. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know what? I'll take you to this awesome, just super Americanized, classic American restaurant. You'll get the classic American food, and you'll really experience what it's like to be an American. It's members only. They actually have someone check your ID and membership when you walk in the door. We'll walk in, we'll just see the grand, you know, it's just like amazing setup. You know, there's people walking around handing out like hors d'oeuvres. And then if you need to like pick up some like supplies, you forgot something, some toiletries or whatever, or maybe some shirts or something you want to like pick up some clothing, they'll be there. There'll be some places for jewelry. And if you like your phone charger or something, you grab that too. And we'll just like walk around, we'll just explore, explore the space, just really taking the ambience, you know? And then when you're ready for the food, we'll, we'll just uh, walk past the cash register and it'll be fine. Oh, uh, what do you mean, like, past the cashier? Uh, baby, at Costco, you have to walk past the cashier to get to the food. <laughs> so now you guys are thinking, oh, man, like, all you ever do for your first dates is, like, go to these stupid restaurants or tell these stupid jokes. Well, pretty much right. But I was bold enough to do a first date at hot yoga. I don't know if you understand this. Hot yoga, you sweat and you don't survive. I probably laid on my mat and cried for half the class. <laughs> oh, the worst part was, I didn't know what I was getting into, so I picked up these Under Armour shorts. They were not yoga shorts. They were like the Under Armour shorts that you wear under like your like shorts for basketball. So a little skin tight, so everyone in the class not only got a free show of a guy that sucks at hot yoga, but a free show of what goes unpacking. <laughs> from the food jokes. Let's move over to some fitness fun stories. I used to be pretty good, you know, 
athlete growing up. I played quite a few sports, got a few trophies, got a few things that, you know, made everyone proud in the family. Even myself, you know. They called me Mr. Swish back in the day. <laughs> but I was actually playing basketball on a date with someone. And uh, we showed up and, you know, you know how I am, like Mr. Macho, Mr. Funny, Mr. Cool Cat, whatever. And I'm like, hey, babe, you know what? I used to uh, train with the Harlem Globetrotters. She's like, oh, my God, really? I'm like, yeah, well, let me like, show you some moves. Like, pa 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 like air dribble, behind the back, uh, through the legs, like spin the ball on my finger, like looking pretty sweet. And she goes, yeah, that's like pretty cool, but like why don't you use a ball next time instead of just air mimicking it? <laughs> so one of the more fun parts about having friends in high places, if you will, is attending restaurants on a regular basis. <laughs> I actually attend Bites, a place in Lakeview, more often than I probably should. I'm more than some of the workers are there. <laughs> but because of that, I'm beginning to know the, uh, the owners pretty well. I uh, took my mom there for dinner one night, and she's sitting there having some dinner with me. We're having uh, some cocktails, but they know me pretty well. They uh, they know I need my beer lickety-split. Uh, so my mom had a, a glass of wine, or we actually split a bottle of wine, and then I had my, my beers afterwards. But the issue is that she was having uh, trying to go beer for beer with me, which you know, probably not recommended for someone uh, of her age, but I let her have fun because she's uh, with her son. And she kind of gets in conversation with me about uh, relationships and how serious I am about women, uh, what I really want to do with my life, and all those great things, right? It's the usual conversations with a son and mother about kind of wanting to get married because all her friends have kids and some of her kids have kids also, so some of her friends are grandparents. So she's kind of just wondering what my deal is, but it is what it is. But, as you know, I'm always a jokester. So the owner actually comes over for bites. Um, and so they're talking to my mom. We're having a good conversation. They're enjoying it. But this devious little idea comes to my mind. I'm like, this is the optimal chance of mine to impress my mom with women. So I say to the owner. We know each other really well. I'm like, as the bill comes. I'm looking at the bill here. Kind of pointing up and down it. I'm like... Uh, some of these numbers make sense, but some of them don't make sense. And the owner's like, oh my gosh, like, what, uh, what, what, what's going on? What did we screw up? And I'm like, I'm not seeing your phone number on here. And she was like, oh, okay. And she takes the pen and the check. I'm like, ooh, boop, 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 boop. Uh, get a number in front of my mom. Can't get any better than this. <laughs> so I... Look at the check when she hands it back to me. She writes on there in perfect English. You can call me anytime. And then circles the number for the restaurant for reservations. <laughs> As you can tell, all my dates are just absolutely incredible. There's always some little fun story. But it's the problem was that I'm always kind of not in control of what's going on. I'm a jokester, I'm always letting loose, having too much fun. I actually dated someone for a little while that uh, wasn't too happy with the way I handled myself. <laughs> uh, 
we're kind of going out to, to meet some of our friends. She's like, you need to like be in your best behavior and don't do anything stupid and whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. It's like fine, babe. Don't care. Like I'll be in my best behavior. But the problem is when you keep a tiger in its cage for too long and it gets out, it just goes wild. So we're out at Sluggers, which is already a problem when people in their 30s are at Sluggers Bar here in Wrigleyville with all the 29-year-olds, or 21-year-olds, excuse me, 29 would be nice, 21-year-olds. <laughs> the music comes on and just like, I start losing it. Just my hips start shaking, my booty starts shaking, my hands go through my hair. It's just absolutely wild. And, oh man, on comes just music that you cannot handle. And they give him one of these, a little Maynard Michael Jackson, and I'm like, oof, and then a little high kick, woo! Turns out she was uh, not happy about the way I acted on the dance floor. <laughs> so I had a little talking to that night. So it turns out I uh, totally screwed up that one, if you know what I'm saying. So on her next day, it was uh, me, her, her best friend, her best friend's husband, and we had a little talking to beforehand that I needed my best behavior because we're going to drinks and a really nice dinner. So we're sitting there uh, in the West Loop having some drinks, and uh, the husband says to me, hey man, like you seem uh, a little you know, low energy today. Everything okay? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. Just, just, just chill, bro. Just chill. He's like, what? I'm like, well, you know, pfft, you know, what's her nuts? Said, I'm not allowed to tell jokes today. She looks at me, diggers. I'm like, what's new? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, not allowed to tell jokes today. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, evidently, I don't know the difference between an appropriate and inappropriate joke, so I'm just not allowed to tell jokes today. He's like, okay, that's weird. So anyways, you know, about 25 minutes go by, having uh, my cocktail with everyone, and he's just a cool cat. We're just vibing, things are going really well. And I just tell him some stupid joke. Who knows what? It's like probably like some joke about like how girls having a pulse is like my type or something, right? So something stupid. He like laughs his head off for some stupid reason. Well, who doesn't? But and just daggers from my date. She's like, I make some out of you. So I like just put my hand on my forehead, reach my hand, my other hand in my pocket, pull out the dog leash, and just slam it on the counter. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, it's a dog leash. It's my reminder to remind me that she keeps me on a short leash with a choke collar. <laughs> now you're probably wondering, why in the world would you have a dog leash? You don't have a dog. What are you talking about, man? Just open the top right-hand drawer of my dresser move the whips, the chains, and the handcuffs aside and grab my dog leash. Took about four seconds before I left. <laughs> so that night I had a little talking to when I got home because I was in the doghouse. <laughs> but I heard from some pretty credible people that you shouldn't uh, go to bed angry. So just Came home, popped a beer, put on my cell part, because she was, I'm mad at you. I'm like, I know. She goes, I'm going to bed. I'm like, okay, which is probably not because she's mad at me. So she comes out, like, 20 minutes later, we talk, we have a conversation, apologize, we understand where we're coming from. We have this long conversation. It's going fine, right? But then I look at her, I'm like, you know, kind of after we're done fighting, I'm like, 
So does this mean I'm not getting late tonight? <laughs> you just kind of always break the ice, man. I've broken the rules and been yelled at so many times. I just know when my punishment's coming, so I just take it when I take it. <laughs> so that's not a girl I was dating for a long time. Uh, she actually didn't have the same schedule as me. She didn't have the faux nine to five. She worked kind of the late shift um, in her in her career, and. The problem with that is, well, the good thing is, is you guys, like, guys night out. You know, like, screw girls tonight, we're not talking to you girls, just guys night. Which doesn't exist, but. <laughs> you go with the boys and have a good time. Anyways, so, she would come home after, like, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning and, like, try to wake me up. I'm home. I'm home. I don't have a headache. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> So, oh, whatever. Uh, she always like wake me up, I'm like, all right, baby. So, do you want the uh, 30, 60, or 90 second love package for tonight? <laughs> she goes, that's weird. Those are like all like world records for you. <laughs> In the mornings, because she's all rested, I'm getting ready for work, and I'm not going to see her for a while. Sometimes she would like bug me for just some some morning. Alone time together, if you will. And I remember this one time. I was just off to like a new client that day. And after like a, a nice little, you know, session in the morning between us, uh, I just jump out of bed afterwards and just throw my clothes on, put my shoes on, grab my backpack, grab my like lunch real quick out of the, the kitchen. And as I put my hand up to the doorknob, like literally just about to touch it. I swear to God, women have this like sixth sense where they know when you're as far away as possible where you still have to respond. You can't ignore them. They wait to the last millisecond, minuscule second to get hold of you. So I'm reaching out, touch the doorknob, just walk out my condo. He goes, baby. I'm like, oh my God, what now? I roll, kill me. Yes, baby, what is it? I'm like, did I forget to kiss you goodbye, whatever? I'm like, I come into the room, I'm like, yes, baby, what can I get you? What do you need? She goes, um, baby, you forgot to take the bag off your head. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing at work. Anyways, all I know is throughout my childhood, growing up, college, career, Everyone always says to me, just do what you love. It's a good thing I love my wife, because I do her a lot. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Bites Kitchen. The best of times are always shared at the table. Good food, good drinks, good stories, good friends. Wish I had any of those. <laughs> At Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They are also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, 
please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Mm-hmm.